Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? I think I almost forgot my name then. I don't know. I'm just feeling under a bit of pressure. I have a child on an Xbox and while they have promised to keep quiet, I have virtually no hope of that actually happening. So we're just going to have to see how it goes. Bear with me. Let's hope for the best. I'm sure it'll be absolutely fine. Um, but we've got a we've got a bit of an episode today because we've got a super, super book to talk to you about. And we're going to speak to the author as well. But also I'm going to look back because I've realised the first half of the year has been and gone and I haven't done out which were the books that I like most in the first half of the year. So I thought I need to do that because while there are lots of books that I've enjoyed reading, there were some that were really the top of the pile. And I just wanted to express my thanks to the authors for these lovely, lovely books. Um, but before we start that, I think I need to share with you a little experience I had. So um, I know it's my fault for using Amazon. Other websites are available. But there was a, a bottle of wine I'd been seeking out as a gift and I couldn't find it anywhere. And it, it was on Amazon, would you believe? So I ordered it. And it, it sent me this email confirming it and saying, you will need ID when it's delivered. I thought, brilliant. Nobody has asked me ID whatever, I think. Um, so I was very excited about this. And then I got an email to say, this is the day of your delivery. Please make sure you have your ID ready. So I got it out of my handbag ready. Then I had an email to say um, the the chap is on his way and these are the hours he's going to deliver between. Please have your ID ready. I had it ready. I saw the van drive up. I got my uh, driving license out. The f I opened the front door. I held it up so proud. And he looked at me and he laughed and he said, well, I don't think we're going to need that. And and I just thought, oh, my one moment of needing ID and you know, and he doesn't need it. He's not asking for it. It was very sad. That was my moment of glory that came crashing down in flames. So there we go. That's what we're dealing with today. Now, before we go any further, I have to thank somebody. And it's one of my lovely listeners. Now, they go by the name of Jules Bell. 
If that is you, I need to thank you so much because I've just started looking at the podcast reviews and there's just the loveliest review that has arrived from Jules Bell and I'm going to say thank you very much for your very kind words. It's much appreciated um, because there's quite a bit of work involved in this podcast, I have to say. And just to get a, a review, um, a nice review, <laughs> please don't leave me a nasty review, but just to get a nice review just really makes it all worthwhile. So if anybody else is just interested in supporting me like that, I, I would be so grateful. And you just go to your podcast app. If it's um, Apple, you just go to the Apple app and you can put a, a, a number of stars out of five and and you can put some comments down as well. So Thank you so much for that. Uh, that was absolutely wonderful. Um, so this is a bit strange because normally I talk through all the books that I'm going to feature and then we go and talk to the author. But this is different. So I'm just going to go straight into the book and then we're going to have the 10 books that Philippa loved the most in the first half of 2021. That's quite a long title. I don't think I'm going to be able to fit that on a T-shirt, but you know what I mean. You get the joyful gist. So anyway, the book I need to talk to you about is called Damage. Uh, by Caitlin Wara, uh, and her surname is spelled W-A-H-R-E-R. Now, this was a book that I heard about quite some time ago, and it's got a very sort of mysterious cover with, um, it's either a sunrise or a sunset in this American small town. Um, and I just thought, oh, this looks quite interesting. And the sort of tagline is, there are good men and there are bad men, but I don't know which one he is. Um, and so I started sort of having some correspondence with Caitlin and also this girl uses post-it notes. So she's all right in my book. And she said, oh, would you like a copy of the book? Yes, please. Lovely. Um, and then she said, well, what about an interview? And I said, yes, definitely. But it's the first time that I haven't read the book before I did the interview. Now, you may say, why on earth would Philippa do that? And the answer is because Caitlin is having a baby. And if we'd waited until um, I'd read the book and it was the right time to record it before it was published, she could be actually giving birth. And I, I don't know about you, but I'd rather not interview an author in the maternity wing of their hospital. So we recorded this interview in advance um, and I have now read the book, I'm very pleased to say. And hopefully, Caitlin, by the time you hear this, you have a, a, a lovely, healthy baby and that all's well with you. Um, so let's read the blurb about this book. I think we need to get on with this. Tony has always looked out for his brother, Nick. So when Nick claims to be the victim of a violent assault, Tony's anger flares. Julia is scared by her husband, Tony's obsession with justice. Does she really know what he's capable of? Nick didn't ask for any of this. The worst part? He can't remember what really happened the night he was attacked. Three ordinary people, one terrible crime. And when a detective shines his light on this family in crisis, the cracks begin to show. Uh, and that, as I say, is damage. I, I really enjoyed this book. Um, but maybe I should do the interview first and then I'll tell you more about what I thought afterwards. So let's meet Caitlin, the author of Damage, now. As we're recording this, as we said, I haven't read the book yet, but I just yes. <laughs> I just know it's going to be good. But can you tell me a little bit about this book? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the book is essentially a story about a family that I think readers will see is actually like a very loving, relatable family. Um, 
and there's a crime that happens to one of the members of the family and it causes a huge rift and um, a lot of drama within the family. And at the same time, there's a detective investigating the crime and the story takes place over two time frames with um, the detective re-interviewing someone in the family, um, kind of giving you this sense that something happened that we don't know about yet as a result of the crime and so it's it's oh. kind of so I it's definitely a thriller I think it was hard to figure out is this a thriller or is it a family drama or like what is it but um it definitely is a thriller but it has really strong family drama themes and um and one of my editors also called it a moral thriller which was probably Ooh. my favorite way anyone has described it I was like yes that's what I was going for <laughs> Fabulous. So, yeah. fabulous. so is it a book with sort of twisty turns in it or is it a book with the big reveal how, what, what how does it surprise you I would say there are definitely multiple points where you get more information so like twists or reveals mm -hmm. where um things become more clear or you're surprised by something but um depending on I guess what you're what your own sense of what's going to happen is or maybe your guessing skills or whatever you might be really surprised at the end or you might um it might be more that feeling of when you're watching a drama and you just know what's going to happen and you know what happened it, it could be either really <laughs> you see i just i as much as i enjoy talking to you i just want to go and read this book now. <laughs> you just made it too interesting so is this the sort of book you like to read or the sort of drama you like to watch on tv is is that your thing or is it breaking new ground for you um i definitely love thrillers dramas crime stories um domestic suspense like I love all of that kind of stuff um and I love like one thing that this might be like I'm over complimenting myself but something that I did think about I had written a few drafts of the book I can't remember if maybe I was even under contract I don't but we watched the third season of True Detective and I felt like yes this is partly the vibe that I was going for wow. I don't know if I like really achieved it but that kind of thing I really love this I love crime stories but I love a really human um almost like softer element that's just a little bit more emotional and so I think that's definitely but I also have a very goofy side that is really not present in the book <laughs> so <laughs> and you have a legal background yourself don't you have yes. you used that knowledge in writing the book to represent yes you've got possibly a, a crime but it's also as you just said the softer side the human side of what goes on yes um i used to do what in maine we called it court appointed work because we don't have public defenders and i don't remember what you call it in the uk um but i it's essentially when someone is convicted of a crime or their children are taken away by the government um a person is um, involuntarily hospitalized there are certain types of cases where the court will appoint you a lawyer if you can't mm. afford one. And that was the work I did. So I, I, I could be hired personally, um, but most of the work I did was I was a lawyer on a roster and you would go to court, you'd fill out a form and the judge would say, yeah, you qualify. Your lawyer's name is Caitlin Ware. <laughs> and then uh, they would get paperwork, I would get paperwork and we would connect and I would work with them on the case. And so um, 
the cases that I worked on were mostly juvenile cases. So teenagers charged with crimes and um, parents whose kids were either taken away or there was a risk they would get taken away. Um, That was a huge part of what I did. And I also did something called guardian ad litem work, which is where you um, essentially serve as like an investigator and a recommender for the court about what's best for a child. And so pretty much every single case I worked on was a family in some kind of extreme distress and a kid was involved in some capacity. And so um, although there was often some sort of criminal or very serious allegation of some sort of really bad conduct, um, it was it was just a very human centered job I had and it was very family centered and um, I'm really empathetic. And so pretty much no matter what was going on, I still connected with the person as a person and with the family as like um, a unit of people who are going through something really awful. And so I think that's definitely all present in the book, like emotionally, and then also um, procedurally, I, I had some insider knowledge from working on some defense cases that involved the subject matter of the book, which is sexual assault. I don't think I said that earlier. And because you've seen such presumably horrifying things in real life, do you kind of want to work through that when it comes to fiction, sort of, you know, resolve it or come to a better conclusion than you might have seen? Yeah, I think that um, maybe not so much the very last piece of what you said. When people read the book, they can draw their okay. own conclusions and have their own opinions. But I'm definitely not, you know, advocating that this is how cases should go. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> I was I was really just having fun writing drama at that point. But yeah. at the same time, um, I definitely emotionally work through stuff when I write it and. Um, when I started writing this book, I was having a really hard time as a court appointed attorney and I eventually stopped doing that work. Um, it just wasn't a good fit for my own like emotional and mental health Mm. needs and my ability to set boundaries and stuff like that. And so I ended up leaving it, but, um, at the time I was definitely emotionally working through both just like how much I felt for the families and also some of the subject matter I had worked on for sure. Is it easy in the States to move to a different type of law if you're recognizing that that's not healthy for you? Yeah, I think so. Um, so in the States, you you go to law school, you pass the bar exam, the board of your state admits you as a lawyer, and you can do anything at that point. Um, oh. To uh, Maybe there are certain jobs out there that I can't think of where they want you to have an additional degree of some sort. And definitely, I mean, there are plenty of places that just wouldn't hire you for any number of reasons. (laughs) But I was able to switch pretty easily to um, a firm that was doing like civil law, pretty generic civil practice. We did lots of different kinds of things. And that was a better fit for me. But ultimately, I I left that too. And now my license is just... um, I keep calling it on ice because I can't think of (laughs) the term, but it's inactive. It's inactive. That's what it is. And so I don't have to keep up with my credits. I see. Yes. In the UK, it's when you first sort of qualify, it's more wide ranging. But as soon as you start practicing, if you go down a route like property, yeah you, you know or commercial you you're, it's quite hard then to retract oh. and change direction so uh interesting just from a career point of view now you've yeah. got these 
three main characters, I believe, Tony, Julia and Nick in the book. Is that correct? Um, yes, there's also a fourth main character, though. He's he's not really mentioned in all of the um, copy because I think a lot of it is more focused on the family. But the detective is a pretty strong voice in the book. He's also a point of view character. And did all four of those characters then come to you at once, like a complete picture? Or did you first get to know one character and then another one slotted in? How did that work? Yeah, um, I think when it came to like the general idea of the book, it was always this just like thought exercise or like game in my head about the husband and wife. And that often included a sibling. Um, but it wasn't always like that I had these specific characters in my mind. Um, but once I started to kind of piece it together it kind of did come it felt at least like it came kind of quickly because the idea had been ruminating for so long and mm -hmm. then suddenly it felt like oh it would go like this and this would be what was happening and at that point it was all four of them um but I would say that maybe more than anything the detective might have come the easiest in terms of the actual personality. I don't know why, <laughs> but for some reason he was really easy for me to write from the beginning. And I felt like I just got who he was and where he was coming from. And maybe the others were harder because as a new writer, it was hard to be like, okay, but the main character isn't you. So how is she different mm -hmm. from you? <laughs> and yeah. the husband, a lot of his, um, a lot of kind of what's negative about him is also how I see myself in certain ways. <laughs> so it was kind of like pulling yourself out of that, that I think maybe was harder for me. Um, but whereas the detective, I just didn't really, he was just this separate person that was really easy to be like, yeah, this is who detective rice is. This is what he's doing. So, yeah, I don't <laughs> Some authors talk about how they just get consumed by the story and the characters and it just it, almost the, the keyboard takes over and the story emerges without them having to work at it. it was that the case for you? Or was it a bit harder than that? <laughs> I would say it's mostly not that, although yeah. there were definitely there were parts of it. Like, I do think compared to how it has gone writing a second novel, I do think I came up with like a very simple, almost paragraph or two of like, this is what the story is. That felt like it came pretty quickly. Mm. Um, but writing the book, absolutely. There were plenty of parts where I would just get to a chapter and be like, I don't know what happens next. And the middle of the book was very saggy. I think as a lot of authors experience, it was really hard to do that. And I, I think I'm an okay plotter, but I, I definitely struggled a lot with like upping the tension in ways that were more obvious and like palpable to mm. readers. And so I think that that was something that it just took a lot of drafts and feedback from people. Let's talk post-it notes because I'm a huge <laughs> fan of the post-it notes. And I believe from the pictures seen I've them seen behind. <laughs> behind you and other pictures, you are also a fan of the of the post-it notes and use them quite extensively. Yes. Yes. Can you tell me a bit about that? The colours and the organization? Yeah. So um I, I'm a big fan of post-it notes and index cards. And I think that where it comes from for me is um, Susan Dennard. She's a really fabulous like fantasy and sci-fi author. Mm. And her website is so 
I don't know, giving to other authors. Like she just has a massive amount of resources and blog posts that she's written. And she wrote a lot about um, outlining and revising. And I kind of got a lot of advice from her, including um, using the index cards to mark different scenes and then using the post-it notes um, for edits that you want to make or items that go in that scene. And so I definitely use her method of usually you use like blue for plotting, pink for characters, orange for setting, and it's either green or yellow. My my post-its are a very ugly green yellow, so I don't remember what color it was supposed to be. Neon, we'll just say. Yeah, it's that neon, that horrible. Um, I think that's miscellaneous or, you know, maybe whatever you need it to be. And so I definitely have picked that up. Although what you're looking at is just me trying to plot a book. And so I was just using the colors I had the most of. And so it's kind of a mix of the notes there. And it's me being like, at this point in the story, I want to be doing this with this character and this with the setting and this with. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I mean, I love a post-it note, but I do always get nervous when I see an author having post-it notes, say, on their on their wall, as you have. And I can see because I forgot which author it, it was. You've probably heard the tale, but I remember hearing about an author that used post-it notes, put them on his wall. Um, he was in the States and then the temperature changed over, uh, <gasps> through that day and he went back in the room and all the and post-it they... notes were, were on the floor. Oh, no. <laughs> so make sure those are well... <laughs> sellotaped <laughs> or glued or something so I don't want that happening for you oh good to know I could just go and like do stretches of tape over the yes, whole exactly. <laughs> just glue the whole thing with a paintbrush or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want any problems like that so it seems that the the book is about sort of perception and, and what is the truth and what isn't the truth is that yeah absolutely um I think that I think that part of what led to me choosing to write about sexual assault is that it's one of those cases where you have a person telling their story and there's the possibility that they just won't be believed. And I think that's part of what's happening in the book and um, part of where the, the, the worry that the family experiences is coming from, you know, is this, so the character, the brother, Nick, is sexually assaulted and the question is is he going to get justice at the end of all of this because the person that has been arrested is saying it was consensual and so that's a big part of the story but there's also um a lot happening in terms of what his like pre-existing and historical relationship is with his older brother who is the husband and then at the same time you have these drop-in points of the wife talking to the detective where the detective is trying to get something out of her and you know is she trying not to give him something she's not sure what he wants from her and you're kind of tracing that through the story so there's also this sense of just like what is this family going to do what's going to come of the case um throughout it but definitely part of it is about what really happened yes if that yeah and I suppose we've got to talk about um something like uh, Big Little Lies, which in some respects, it initially it sounds quite similar, but actually the more you talk, the more different it, it seems to that. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, that 
went on to have a lot of hype and TV. What about your book? I mean, your book is getting a lot of hype as well. It has to be said. <laughs> it, it And hype in a good way. I don't mean that in a negative way at all. Yeah. It's it's a book that a lot of people are talking about and saying this is, you know, this is going to be massive. Do, do you get that feeling? I, and I'm, it's not trying to butter you up. Um, <laughs> No, I wouldn't do that, but <laughs> never. <laughs> there's there's something about this book. I I do get the sense that people feel that way, and it's very weird. Um, <laughs> and for the most part, I'm trying to kind of ignore reviews and things like that just because it feels like too much to um hold. <laughs> yeah. But I I have started to have people, you know, tag me in reviews or things like that. And I do look at those, you know, I run the risk that it will be negative, <laughs> but it's all so far it's been positive. And, um, and cause it, it is nice to see, you know, that people are, are reading it. It's such a, it's really, you're doing me such a favor. Like it's such a part of how the book is going to be sold that people are reading it and writing reviews and stuff. So I am really grateful. I'm just afraid to look if, <laughs> If I haven't been told to look, I'm afraid to look, so I don't look. <laughs> but that being said, I mean, I I do think that when I was writing it, I, I wasn't thinking, like, what would make this the most interesting book in the industry or anything like that? Yeah. But I do think it has to be said that because I wrote a male victim, mm. that was a big thing that people were interested in seeing. Okay, so what's she going to say about this? And how is the story going to feel? And um, I think that that, I do think that that has been part of what's going on. Um, and I do think also that just kind of, like you said, there's, there is some feeling to it that people are really liking. I think because of. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June too is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The, the present day feeling chapters where the two of them are talking that really lend like a miserable tension <laughs> to the book. Miserable <laughs> like, tension, that's, that's yeah. the tagline. <laughs> yes, that should have been the tagline. <laughs> Has the name changed? Did it, was it originally yes. called A Kindness? Is that, yes. Yeah. Which like is hysterical to me. So I like, it just shows you kind of that I, I'm coming from a different mindset a little bit. Like my agent teases me and says, you know, you wrote a thriller, but you're not a thriller writer in that I don't think about things in the same way that some thriller yeah. authors do. And, um, and so I had initially called the book, just the word kindness. And then my agent said, you know, let's, let's go with a kindness, but we worked together for like a minute before we sold it. And so there was very little time on my agent's part yes, to do okay. much with it. And so she sold it as a kindness. And then um, it was a while after that, that my editors were like, you know, this just, it's not the right title for what the book is. You know, it needs mm -hmm. to have a more serious yeah. title or not even more serious, but just something that shows a little bit more of what the book is about. It's even quite though different. If you, yeah. If you read the whole book, you would be like, oh, I get why she called it that. But at the same time, going into it, it's like wild. <laughs> like, like someone said, one of my friends who's an author said, um, your title sounded like a, a self-help book. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like it just, yeah, it's, it's not clear at all that it's yeah. a thriller. And so, yeah, the title has changed. My name changed. I don't know if you'll look, but I was working under a pen name when I was still a lawyer. Yes, yes. I and then once, visual. yeah. And so once I stopped lawyering and feeling worried about, you know, what would my clients feel if they knew mm. that I was splitting my focus or, you know, would they feel that they could trust me with confidentiality, which like, I promise I did everything to make the story nothing like anything I've worked yes. on, you know, but at the same time, I wouldn't blame people for being like, uh, I just got assigned this lawyer and I Googled her and she's an author yeah, and like, yeah. what? <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, like they don't even have a lot of choice over working with me. And so I was just using a pen name, but now, um, now I'm under my real name. <laughs> yes. Like I said, babe bit concerned if they're going for their first meeting and you're there with pen and paper and just writing right. character types not actually notes on on their right. case <laughs> right I'd be like I swear this is for your file this is not related to anything yes, else but exactly. it was just something that I worried about you know so yeah. this is your first book can you tell me how you got your big break yeah so um I I got like so to give myself a teens of credit. Like I definitely was really prepared for the break. Like I had worked really hard on the manuscript. It was in really good shape. And I think part of that is being a lawyer um, yeah. where we're just, and I'm sure there are plenty of other 
professional types and personality types that are like that too. But I just know from being a lawyer, we're just like, you edit the sentence as you're writing it. Basically, it's very hard to, mm. to not do that. And so um, I, I had really clean material and stuff like that. But honestly, a part of it, I have to, I, there's no other way to say it than it was luck in that um, when I queried my agent, the timing was perfect for what she was able to do. And she's incredible. So it was also the timing was perfect that she was ready to read my manuscript and take me. <laughs> and yeah. she was just able to do her thing. And from there, I just was kind of sitting in Maine, you know, be like answering her phone calls every now and then being like, what? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, something that is cool. And I was thinking about, cause I saw that you, you emailed, you didn't email, you interviewed um, Sherry LaPena and yeah. I had read her first book while I was drafting my book. I, so I read The Couple Next Door and I remember that she dedicated it to her agent, Helen Heller. And I was like, wow, that must be a really good agent for an author to dedicate the book to them. And I put Helen down on like a list of agents. She was the first name I wrote down. And then it was, I actually did a round of querying that wasn't successful that ended with, um, what do you call it? A revise and resubmit letter. Yeah. And so, and I thought it was a really good advice. So I pulled back, I did that edit. And then on my next round, I decided to query Helen and it was like a shot going off. Helen is incredibly talented and incredibly hardworking. And so she just like called me instantly and was like, here's my plan basically. <laughs> <laughs> and she did it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. So yeah. Yeah. And what's been the thing that surprised you most about being published? What's been the biggest shock for you that wasn't how, how you thought it was going to be? I'm not sure. I guess one thing for, for sure has been um, the amount of moments of worry that I have, even when things are going so well, <laughs> you know, like when I got, when, when she, when she took me on and then within a week when she sold it, I had this very crushing amount of worry about it. And I think it was, I think it's that imposter syndrome, maybe partly. And, you know, is this a mistake? Are they going to realize they were talking to two different authors <laughs> and it meant to go to the other one or oh, no. something like that. But, um, but I think it has also been on the flip side, maybe it's been so collaborative and fun to work with a team of people on the book and at first um I thought that would probably be really painful to go from you know working completely alone mm. in my office for two mm. years to suddenly I had multiple editors um and an, a really involved agent and we um we had other people read the book we had a, a sensitivity reader at one point and um it was really a wonderful experience through and through and that surprised me how collaborative it could feel to write a novel and how much I enjoyed that I guess yeah well I'm glad you enjoyed it because I know I'm going to enjoy reading your book Caitlin <laughs> I just appreciate your time wish you all the very best and uh, thank you for joining me today thanks so much Philippa well there we go uh yeah I as soon as I'd heard about the book I wanted to read it then I interviewed Caitlin and I wanted to read it and here I am having read it and I was transfixed it's not your simple 
thriller that you just zip through and it's predictable. It's got really meaty characters in. It's got a fascinating story um, and it's and it just delivers. It delivered for me, certainly. Here's the first sentence, because I know I like to include first sentences in the in the podcast. So here we go. The dying detective's house was a tall, dark blue thing with chipping trim and shutters. I mean, straight away, you're like the the dying detective. What? Hang on. So all very good. I thought it was a first rate book. Um, really astonishing. And to know the journey that the book has taken over time. You know, sometimes you think you write a book and a week later it's uh, it's published. Well, probably not. But do you know what I mean? You, it's just incredible how much work has to go in and how focused and dedicated you have to be to being an author. But there you go. Uh, Damage by Caitlin Ware. Absolutely superb. Great book. Well done. And speaking of absolutely excellent books, I wanted, as I said earlier, to look at my uh, favourite books that I've read in the first half of the year. And what I've done is I've just got the titles and we're going to see, we're going to play a game called What Can Philippa Remember About the Book? Because I think if it's a good book, then I am really going to remember it. And these are not in any particular order. I'm not doing countdown or anything like that. They're just as I as I went through them. So the first one is called The Law of Innocence by Michael Connolly. Um, now, Michael Connolly is obviously a very well-known and proficient author, and The Law of Innocence is the latest in the Lincoln Lawyer series. You don't have to have read any more, I would say, of The Lincoln Lawyer to read this and enjoy it. And also, I listened to the audiobook and love that as well. I thoroughly enjoyed that book. It's a brilliant legal thriller. It's what you want from a legal thriller, but also it's got other elements that just raise the game even more. You've got the pressure of what's going on in society at the time. You've got the the main character is in a predicament and, you know, what's going to happen to him. Um, you've got issues around family. You've got issues around police and the and the legal structure, it's just, it's a great book. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm very happy that it's one of my top 10. Uh, then we've got uh, a book by Francis Quinn called The Smallest Man. I did not think I was going to enjoy this book. It's a, his a historical book. Um, and I just didn't think it was going to be my thing. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It um, is based on a, a a chap who is, as the title suggests, uh, a very short person. And it's about his circumstances and how he's suddenly thrown um, into the presence of the, the royal family and how he makes his mark on that family and on society and potentially on history as well. It was a very riveting, interesting book, a vibrant book, and certainly one I'm very happy to have as uh, as my top 10. So there we go. Um, the third one is by Linwood Barclay. We had um, Linwood on fairly recently. In fact, we've had Francis Quinn on as well. Um, but Linwood Barclay's book, Find You First. And um, again, this was a this was a great one. This was a page turner, a classic page turner, a chap who is very, very wealthy discovers that he has he's not long for the world and the condition he has um, can be passed on to his children. Now, normally he, he doesn't have any children, so you think that's not a problem. Um, but he was a sperm donor and it's about him trying to track 
uh, his potential children, but also someone is all equally trying to track them and uh, and kill them. And it's a case of who who will find you first. And I thought it was good. Uh, one of his best. So if you like Linwood Barclay, I think you'd be very comfortable with that book. It's a great one. The next one is a different one. Um, it's by Helen Fisher. Helen's been on the podcast as well. And this is called Space Hopper. It's a book that you have to read in its entirety before I feel you can comment on the book. Um, and I don't want to give anything away, but it, it's just one to to read in its entirety. It's about love. It's about family. It's sort of a bit about time travel, but if you hate time travel, I think you'll still love it. So don't judge it on that. That that's not the sort of the the essence of the book, um, and it's it, it's just one of those stunning books that really make you stop and think and say, "Wow, that that was that was a great book." So yeah, that's Space Hopper. I'm very pleased with myself that I'm remembering all of this. Well done. I don't want to talk too long about each book because otherwise you'll be here for ten hours and and. I know you don't want that. Um, and also I can hear a child on the Xbox talking louder and louder. So I'm almost racing to get ahead of to get ahead of the noise. That's nice, isn't it? Nice family moment. So we go on from Helen Fisher uh, to Ellie Griffiths. Now, loyal listeners will know I absolutely adore books by Ellie Griffiths. She she can just deliver. Um, and the the book that I reviewed and loved so much in the first six months is called The Dark Angel, and it's part of the Ruth Galloway series. Uh, I thought it was an, an astonishing book. I loved it. I loved the character development. If you like crime books, you you should read the, those that series um, because they're they're absolutely superb. So there we go. I don't think I need to say any more because I talk about Ellie Griffiths a lot. Sorry about that. Um, the next one is by Robert Thorogood, and it's called The Marlowe murder club now robert again's been on the podcast it's a bit of a theme going on here actually no not with all of them but um yeah robert's been on and he uh, was the person that came up with the original idea for death in paradise and has been a sort of writer and heavily involved with um that tv series and he has written a number of books that relate to characters in death in paradise and this is his first stab at a book outside of that of his own um, creation and oh, I thought it was great it's I think it's much better than the Thursday Murder Club um, I I really do it's got a lot to commend it I like the characters I like the story I, I just yes enjoyable if you can say that about a crime but very very good um, next we come on to Cara Hunter The Whole Truth um, and this is I'm trying to remember Alex Foley the um uh, detective in this series so there are four or five books in this series so far they've all been first rate but this one is a, is another level I gave this a 10 plus out of 10 um, in some ways I would say you would benefit from reading the books before in the series um, but Cara very kindly in, included certainly in my copy <laughs> maybe it was just for me because she knows what my memory is like but she had included in my copy uh, a list of the characters at the beginning and some of the background so if you just think I, I haven't got time to go back pick this one up I just thought it was amazing the way it uses social media as well in, in the text um, just adds an element to it and makes it very vivid, I think. So that was excellent. Oh, the next book 
This is by Nadine Matheson and it's called The Jigsaw Man. It's the first in the new series. Um, Nadine is a, a lawyer and this book is exceptional. It's one of those where you just pick it up and straight away you think, my goodness, this person can write. And you think that from the first word to the last word, absolutely first rate. Um, and another book, we're nearly there already. You see, I'm just whittling through it. We've got two more. So number nine on the list is by Jane Casey and it's called The Cutting Place. This is part of a series. It's the first one I've read. So I need to go back to the beginning and read all the others because I thought The Cutting Place was extraordinary. Um, would I have bought it if I'd known it was part of a series? I'm not sure. Um, but don't let that put you off. I'm so glad I did because it's made me realise that there's this whole lovely series I've got to read that I know I'm going to enjoy. So that was perfect. And finally, we have the wonderful book by William Shaw called The Trawler Man. Um, oh, I love this book so much. Again, it's part of a series. If you're if you're a fan of crime, if you like Ellie Griffiths, if you if you like there's all sorts of books I could sort of compare it to, but it is unique on its own as well. Um I just just read them. They get better and better. And the, the last one, The Trawler Man, I thought was an astonishing book. It um, took the characters in um, a fresh, different way. It sort of pulled you by the guts. It presented a very interesting and intriguing crime, but it added other levels and layers onto it that just made it fascinating to read. So, yes, The Trawler Man by William Shaw. Excellent. So those are 10 books. Now, maybe you've read some of them. If you've read them all, well, well done. Gold star to you. Um, but if not, just have a look at those again. I think they're really, really good. And I believe most of them, if not all of them now, are available on the library apps. I did check through a, a couple of library apps that I can access and those books were coming up. So again, for those of you that use the library, um, those should be available to order now. So there we go. We've done great things. We've spoken to Caitlin Wara about damage. We've looked at my favourite 10 books about uh, of the beginning, the first half of 2021. Um, I've tried to avoid the noise of my child in the background. I don't know if I've succeeded. I've realised that uh, I definitely don't need my ID. Uh, disappointingly. And uh, again, finally, I'm very grateful to uh, Jules, Bell's for, Jules Bell for your lovely review on the podcast. Thank you. So that's it. That's it for this week. But oh my goodness, my goodness, I have some books that I want to talk to you about next week, one of which I've just finished. And it it's absolutely but I can't even I haven't got the words yet to describe how fantastic the book is. And an author interview that I think is going, you're going to be very happy with. So uh, yes, I will go now and then I'll see you again in a week's time. And I just can't wait. So look after yourselves, take care and I'll see you very soon. Take care now. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one ever. See you again soon. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.